0: Being patiently on the phone with me today was the captain of the Roosters, an eel, a Mountie, a bear, a New South Wales Origin player, an all-star, a Gillaroo, a World Cup winner, RLPL Player of the Year 2017-2018, and the 2017 Dalian Player of the Year, Tamaima Talfa. Welcome to Chasing Gillaroos.
1: Oh, Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to sort of getting, being amongst them and um, being part of this podcast, which I'm excited about.
0: Thanks, mate. Um, okay, born in Tonga, raised in Auckland, playing professional football in Sydney. I cannot think of a better cocktail if you wanted to make a rugby league player in the 2020s. Um, it is, of course, a great combination if you want to be a rugby union player. So how did you get into rugby league?
1: Um... I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And that's sort of a philosophy I've taken my whole entire life. Um, and that's sort of how rugby league happened to um, for on sort of my journey and in my path. I've played rugby union probably the majority of my whole life. I watched it, grew up loving and adoring the All Blacks. Um, you know, from New Zealand, that's all you knew. And that's, you're pretty much bred sort of the All Blacks sort of. <laughs> Alright, um, while well, well, you're there, um, so I was I was playing union, and uh, back in the days, my mates were playing both codes, um, but I w- I was so stubborn in my ways where I was just always, nah, I'm union through and through. Like union was the toughest sport, and and that was just only because I've never tried the game of rugby league. So growing up union, I've just always been, nah, union's my sport. I want to go through that. Um, I'll never change codes. I'll never play another sport. Like, I'll try it, but I don't think I'll stick it like I, I am with um, Union. And then I think just stuff that just unfolded behind the scenes didn't work out my way, and um, and I let it be. Um, and then at that stage, um, I sort of hate, like, I didn't enjoy team sports anymore wow. um, just because of the path that I had with Union wasn't the most... Um, Positive at that stage of my uh, in my life, and I had made that always. Oh, well, what's going on there? Um, yeah, in, in, in a way, it was. It was just really tough. Um, in union back in the days, it was just yeah. I really never got a reason on why I didn't make teams, like right. the sort of. And that was that was a hard pill to swallow, but at that time, I was still really young as well, so I probably didn't understand and. Um, so I, I didn't kick up a stink or anything. I just, it is what it is. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. So if that didn't happen with Union for me, um, I don't think I'll be sitting here today with all the accolades that I've had. So and in a way, I'm grateful for... What happened in that part of my life with rugby union? Because it allowed me to be where I am with rugby league today. Um, my mates were, like I said, my mates were playing both codes, and they've tried for years to get me across the league. Um, we had one, and these girls now had to play on my heartstrings. So um, I think they were short. I think they were they were short a couple of numbers to play like a nines tournament or down in St Mary's. Um, they they were short numbers and they played on my heartstrings and they're like, Oh come on with them players. XYZ had I probably had family dramas that they couldn't make. <laughs> uh, family commitments that they couldn't make the um they couldn't make that that game that that gala that, that they had and I was like, Oh, you know what, I've got nothing to lose. I'm playing with my mates. Um and they need me. So I and that's sort of where my career with Rugby League started. Wow. So I had a friend, um Alexandria Sulusi who um Kept on harping at me to, to go play rugby league. And she would always G me up because she's, she'll, she's crack up. She always G me up to go, um, to come across. And then I, I made that move and I called her and I go, Oh yeah, I'm free that weekend. Um, I can't drive, so pick me up. <laughs> um, and she, they actually rocked up to my house, picked me up. But then that's sort of where my rugby league career started.
0: Wow. And so you hadn't played any league when you were in um, New Zealand still. It's all happened when you no. go when you went to Sydney. Yeah, wow.
1: Yeah, so I I never played sports when I was I never played union when I was in New Zealand. So all my sporting endeavors unfolded here in Sydney.
0: Okay, okay. And so had you seen much I know I know there's so much of the rugby league and rugby league community that falls like you did into the, I started in this one. So now that's me forever. Like it doesn't matter what's going to happen, but do you have a first memory then of league, even if it's a, even if it's like a negative one, cause you're such a union person at the time, what is your first kind of memory of the sport?
1: Oh first memory of our head of the sport, oh, it's, it's a tough one because I can't really recall. Um, the only one I'll probably say is when I went into high school in, at Grandma South, we had um, sort of, you know when you have those players that come into the school and yeah. then they talk about their journey and stuff like that? Um, and so for me, that's my first exposure in a way to rugby league and meeting a rugby league player. And mm-hmm. at that time, I met Joe Nulliveau. Um, I I I did some work with him like for interrole and stuff like that. But I remember fondly, and I have a photo of him when I was in high school, um, and just him coming to our school and just talking to our students, and and what his life or footy was and how his journey was as a Pacific Islander. Yeah. Um, as well as just getting into getting to where he was at his at that stage of his life. And mind you, this is going back like. A solid 10 years ago, possibly. Yeah, yeah right. A couple of years way back. Um, but that was my first sort of memory that comes to mind on encountering someone from rugby league.
0: And does it was it particularly powerful, you think, because it was another South Pacific Islander?
1: I think it was. I think it was just more relatable to sort of I just, something about it being like a Pacific Islander and meeting someone who's actually done it and sort of mm. know how tough it is because, like, us Pacific Islanders all have similar stories with probably our parents born in the islands, um, moved to New Zealand to get a better life, and then coming across to Australia to even provide us better opportunities in a way. Um, and for that, that sort of, and then just being our cultural um, similarities, sort of just, For me, I latched onto that a bit more and then I could zone in being in high school. Um, So, yeah, that's sort of how I could sort of that memory just pops in my head or I I continue to remember to this day. I'm
0: going to tie back to that a bit later, but tell me, was the one that that your friend took you to, was that in the Kalani Heights Dragons or did you turn up with them a bit later?
1: I turned up with them... Like, later, I was at Blacktown Workers. So my first team I initially played for was Blacktown Workers. Um, And that was just, and at that time, it was just all my mates at Union. Just, they're like, oh, let's just go and start a team. (laughs) So we all, so our whole Union, like, pretty much our whole Union team was our league team. Wow. And back in the days, back in the days, I think most of our games was on Friday nights. So you were able to back up and play league and union or you no. could play union and then go to league. So we did that for um yeah, we did that for probably two to three years. Yeah. So we would rush from one end of because the the union comp like you could end up in like Manly, you could end up in Roaringa, like out those ways or Sydney Uni, um and then you Free in your league game, you'll be you'll end up in bloody like you could end up in Penrith or <laughs> in, somewhere else. And so, were we you driving at this
0: stage, or your friends? Still no way,
1: you? my friends and I were <laughs> driving. I, I just hopped the ride. I go. I will jump. I will play Lee Yeah. If I have a ride, yeah, and I could get home. And they normally and back then, like my mates and that were so like they were cool because they were they knew sort of my um. My situation, because my sister at the time was our union manager, she was, so I had to play union. It right. wasn't an option. Yeah, right, right. So I was playing union, but because my sister, because like, she's a manager, she has to make sure everyone's all right, everything's packed away, so she wasn't able to drive me to my league game. So it had to be right. one of the girls that was in that union team that had to take me and drop me back off home. So I wasn't allowed to go do any after functions or any of that. I just had to go play league and then go home. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so we did that for two to three years. I was at Blacktown Workers probably for a year. Um, and then I think that club folded, and then they said, oh, let's go help out. Um, mind you, all this time I'm still in like Maryland's Ways. And they're like, oh, let's go and like help out Mountjoy at PCYC. <laughs> so I went the year after, I went to help out Mountjoy at PCYC just to um, make up numbers and just start the, to help make a team there. Wow. So went there for a year, then they folded, and then I ended up at Canterbury Dragons.
0: And this is still your union mates? Is it still the same core yeah. group of people? Yeah. Just, just, so hungry to play, just moving suburb to suburb, anywhere there's a team.
1: I think it was just the the memories and just the and just the competitiveness. I think everyone had an inner competitiveness like back in the days that they just wanted to compete or they just wanted to have fun with their friends. Mm-hmm. And sport does that. Especially team sports So for us, as battered and as bruised as we felt, like I think the joy of playing with each other and the memory you made before and after a game outweighed all the commitments um we've made, like all the driving that we had to do, all the trainings we had to turn up to, like we never really thought of that during that whole entire time. We just knew that it was going to be fun. We're going to wake up sore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a great outlook. It's going to be fun and we're going to wake up sore. Well, that's just a crazy journey just to get to Killarney Heights. So tell me, how, how does the journey go from Killarney Heights to Jilla What What happens in that incredible wow. space of time?
1: Yeah, Canleyville back in the Hodas up. Um Canley, so I was at, so we're at the Dragons, and it was the same group of um, players. So all the players that we went from Blacktown Worth to Mandurah PCY, uh, Mount Juret PCYC, because those clubs like folded. I don't know for what reason, but they just didn't have a women's team at the time, and, and those two clubs we all just ended up at Canleyville Dragons. So then Canleyville Dragons happen. Um, we, we just played. I, I don't know what it was. It was just, um, I think I just, on one day, I just like going with my friends. Like, back then, I was just like, oh, no, nah, all my mates are playing at this one team. I'm just going to go with them. Um, and that's sort of how I ended up at Canley Vale Dragons. Um, and, from that, they, they, I think that St Mary's trials happened. So they had. Um, I wasn't intending on playing that that trial match. They take me along to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wasn't intending. But someone on drove you. That, so what were you going
0: to do, Sami? You had to go. Yeah. Someone drove so you. You got to go to yeah. the trial.
1: <laughs> so, and and that was for Can like at that time. That was for Can like that was for Dragons, and I didn't know at the time it was for trials for New South Wales. Right. So I didn't know it was trials. Um, I didn't like reflecting on it now, I'm grateful that it happened. But if that situation were through my whole like union and then league and then I wasn't fussed about making no teams. Like Mm -hmm. my aspirations or 40 b wasn't to make Jularus. It wasn't to make anything higher. It was just to play with my mates and enjoy that, um, enjoy the ride and whatever comes off it. Mm. Um, and that's really hard because back in those days, if you couldn't see it, you can't be it. So I didn't see any female footy players, um, on TV. I've never heard or or heard anything about women's footy being played at big stadiums. So I've never heard anything like that. So, um, when I went and played, I was like, cool, this is a like and we used to just go, oh, this is a mad field. Like because we're used to playing on like shitty old field. Yeah. yeah. Like with the lights off, <laughs> like barely, barely any of the field lines happening. Yeah, cricket stuff. You didn't in even know if that was yeah, yeah, you didn't even know it was 10 meters, 20 meters, or 30 meters, like you just didn't <laughs> even know the meterage on the field. Um, so we were up in St. Mary's beautiful field. And it was pretty cool because there's was just heaps of team and he played multiple games in the one day. I was like, oh, this is cool. Reminds me what Simmons like. Um, you get meet new people. Like, different cultures are there. Like, different areas. Because Helen's is there. That's the first time I played against Kezi. Um, Didn't know who Sam Bremner was. So we we played alongside, like, we played against each other. Like I played Maddie starting then. Like, wow, yeah. It was cool because we never knew. Like, we just never knew that the players we were versing would happen to be later on down the track, being, your, like, one of your, like your close friends and memories that you've made in the deliveries and that journey. But wow. I never knew. I never, I like, I did not fill out any paperwork. Never knew that was a trial. <laughs> so I just went and played. Like, I just went and played footy, like, um, just when they played forty, And then after the whole competition, I think it was us and, oh, what team were they called? I think they were in Illawarra. Like okay. I think they were called Illawarra, like the and team. I think we may have lost. I can't remember this whole year long. I think we lost them maybe. Um, but they, with the coach, Nissa was coach Matt Head at the time, like came out and I think they automatically picked the 30 on the spot.
0: Wow, they're there and then so that they night, calling, you, you.
1: Yeah, wow. so they were just calling out names. And then this is me, oh, what's this for? And I go, aren't you meant to, like, fill out a paperwork to, like, be eligible for this? And I go, I don't mm. even know if I'm eligible. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of how everything unfolded with the whole delivery. So ended up being picked for New South Wales that, from that competition, Um and then represented, like back then it was called Interstate Challenge, represented New South Wales, played that game, and then got picked from Jewellery from that game. Wow. And, and sort of, and then everything after that was sort of just unfolded.
0: Yeah, wow. Can, can, do you think not knowing that it was a trial helped, or do you think you would have played differently or had a different mindset if you knew it, or you wouldn't have gone at all maybe? or?
1: No, like I said, it was everything... I think my intentions to go there to play with my mates, yeah, is is the reason why I got picked too. Because I don't yeah. think any anything with my footy would have changed, or um, I would have changed anything differently because I played because I wanted to play with my mates. And that tournament for me was a really fun tournament, and I I enjoyed team sports again. Yeah, because wow. it was for my mates. It was it. It was fun. We got to out like there was like a shopping centre down the road. We walked down and grabbed like a whole chicken or <laughs> some snacks and stuff to walk back into and then go back to where our marquee was, eat under the tin and then go, oh, holy crap, we're about to kick off in half an hour. And we're like, going, oh, we shouldn't have eaten that. Um, so it was, yeah, I wouldn't have changed anything different because my intention going into that tournament was to play with my mates.
0: Yeah. And it would have helped you play, and, yeah, and things like that. Now, <clears throat> I'm a West Tigers fan, and, and I'm constantly terrified by you. You've ne- you've not played for us, but you've often played against us, particularly for the Mounties. And every time you're in the, that that centre third of the, the field with the ball, I, I get terrified. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so how has the New South Wales Premiership developed since uh, that? I mean, because I, I don't even think then, when you're doing that trial, that New South Wales Premiership's the same kind of level that it is now. So how's it kind of changed nah. um, since you have started in? Nah.
1: Well, it's, it's changed massively, Like it's, and I think it just goes on the basis of the clubs now and the, their investments in getting the right staff in those clubs um, nice. and having pathways. Remember, we speak about like the men's program. They start when they're age of four, and they learn the fundamentals about footy when they're really young. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that filters through in the whole, and they've got a clear pathway. So they know that they go through the senior system. They've got SG board, they've got Harold Mats, they've got Flag, Massey, whatever it is, they've, there's that clear pathway for them. For the girls, when I started, like, um, it was, there was no clear pathways. There wasn't an investment in upskilling their talent. Um, they didn't have the fundamentals on nutrition, on on programming, on, on like recovery, like little things, like big things like that, back in the, the, the 40 days, we weren't educated on the importance of those. Um, and just different phases of training and i think you look at it now there's investments in throughout the whole entire game to provide pathways first and foremost for more um, all the girls you can see that lisa fiola um natasha gale like getting stronger over the, the years yep. there's more harvey norman teams coming into the um into the competitions um now in our w you've got now the state of origin and then um as you as you sort of go further with your career, but um, the game has gotten quicker, heaps quicker.
0: Um, <laughs> no more chickens on uh, the side of the on the sideline anymore.
1: Nah, you can't do that anymore. Um, it's it's physical. It's smarter. I've noticed with the women's game now that understanding and reading the game has, and just the educational in the way the footy, the footy game is, um, has evolved over the years. Mm. It's no longer just bashing it up for the sake of bashing it up. It's you're knowing why you're, you're getting in certain points on the field to open up space for this and that, like to, for moves to happen up there. So our education of the sport has evolved over the years, as well as just like I said earlier, just the investments in through NRL, Eastern World Rugby League and our highly Norman women's side, I know that there's um, clubs are generally looking for the right coaching staff and making sure that they implement the skill assets that, needs to, um, that, that the girls need and just giving that time to allow for everything to come to fruition with the um, players' talent. So over the years, that's sort of what's evolved over time. And, and I, know, I know years down the track, it's going to be better.
0: Now that only works so if there's a if there's a large amount of girls still at the bottom end uh, in that four five six seven eight age bracket also committing and getting involved and so most women in the NRLW would feel the weight of being a female role model particularly um, as as it's really starting to to evolve now. You mentioned before that that one of the first memories is is um, a player coming to your school. Do you feel that kind of now? Do you ever reflect on the fact that you're you're the person who's turning up, and you're the uh, you're either the the successful female athlete showing girls what to do, but you're also like a a Tongan, New Zealand, Australian who, who's also representing so many different parts of the community that are now seeing it, so they can believe it.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, yeah, for me it is, um, and like I said, if we, if we can't see it, you can't be it. I'm from like I'm proud to be from Western Sydney, and I've always elected to stay out these ways, Um, not only for, to be close to my family, but just the, I know the amount of talent that, that is out here, Um, and if we don't get out to schools to physically show them that they can be where I am today, um, that they won't be it, Mm. Um, and that's what I've always, like, known, I've just always had the support of my family, and I'm pretty stubborn and determined in what I want, (laughs) <laughs> um and and I like to challenge myself to succeed in it, so for me um get going out to schools and that's really uncomfortable for me um i don't it's not that i don't like it it's just that i get i'm really introverted in that way where i'm not used to um people looking up to me i'm normally the one looking up to people right. um but I know that I need to get out of my comfort zone to be able to inspire younger girls, especially from Pacific from our Pacific Island background and from Western Sydney to, to aspire to be whatever they want. Like maybe 40 isn't for them, but, anything in in life that they want to do besides being your, like there's nothing wrong with being hit where, like a warehouse worker and just going and doing a nine to five job and paying your bills at home. There's nothing wrong with that because I know when I was in school, that's all I thought. Um, but then I just want to provide them with the opportunity to know, you know what, a Pacific Islander has done it, has evolved over the years, somehow made a living and opportunities presented itself for her because of 40 I would like to give that a go, mm. and that's all I want is for for young girls to, if they're in Pacific Island background, if they're from Western Sydney, just to give it a go and know that the opportunity is there for them. Mm.
0: Because, you, I mean, you've been made captain of that Roosters team when you were there, which is, you know, a really big um, a really big honor and shows the, the, your ability to talk and to lead and to have people look up to you on the footy field and you're, I think the nrL has also got you as an nrl ambassador so so they all the all these different parts of the community see you as someone who should be a leader and should be looked up to what 's something that you kind of learned about yourself now being put in those positions because it 's one thing to be told that and but this, you know it 's a real other thing to kind of feel it and do it so what what what's what have you seen or felt about yourself change or develop or highlight since taking on those roles?
1: Uh oh, taking oh, what I've noticed when I've taken on those roles, I I've just some confidence. I think just confidence in myself and what I'm capable of, um and acceptance, like accepting everyone's like compliments and feedbacks on me. Like I'm not, I don't. Right. I'm not really good, with hearing positive feedback. Yes. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm like, I usually normally turn it down. I was like, no, no, I think no, that's not me. Like, mm. I'm just me. Um, but over the years, Wolf, I've just learned, yeah, Wolf, just to be um, to accept the compliments. But to also be confident, not arrogant, but confident in, your, in my own ability and the way I lead and everything I do, I do it, on my, like, do it my way. It doesn't yeah. have to be someone else's way. Um, it's just samima's way it never works for me. Um, I just hope that it comes across or I can influence others in a positive way.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. And I think that's a really low-key thing that a lot of people do with that it's people don't want to be told that they're doing the wrong thing, but also it's just as hard sometimes to hear when you're doing the right thing and people tell you that. Um, yeah. Speaking of the right thing, in 25 words or less, try and tell us why you think the Eels are going to win the grand final this year.
1: In 25 words or less. <laughs> I'm not actually going to count, um, but. <laughs> and I,
0: um, I'm one. Ooh, yeah. So you think that's, that's to your advantage?
1: Yeah, um, I think it is who I turn got a bit of you've got the experience of Nita Maida, Tiana, Bo, myself in, in that mix. Um, but a lot of our, a lot of the talent that we do have are unknown, mm. um, and they've barely scratched the surface at Harvey Norman. So I think that's the one thing that I could say about the eels is they're a really unknown team. They're, they're really, they they're They know what it's like to fight, um, like fight for what they want, fight for what they believe in. And through this whole lockdown, as you can see, being in lockdown, they know how hard they know that they can do it. Um, mm. The accountability is there. The hard work is there. And um, a team that nobody knows of is always a um, scary team to come up against.
0: Well, you just mentioned a few of those uh, big marquee signings. Um, in fact, it's probably some of the biggest signings in a, in a clump in the, in the NRL M or NRL W. I'm not sure I've ever seen that, that high quality and calibre all in one big go. So it was uh, Petitani, you mentioned Vede Welsh, Charrington, Hanisi, and yourself. I mean, were you aware of how strong that that, that bunch of signings that club was going to be before you signed?
1: Um. I had a fair idea on who was going who was going to be across um and a lot of those girls grew up from western Sydney as some sort of capacity in their life yeah, yeah. like i played for i played with nita at two blue like so nita maynard she would have been a marquee, i believe she would have been a marquee contract she's a marquee contract in my eyes um right. kiwi international um the years of experience she has like it's undoubtedly like amazing. Um, but she grew up in power. So I played union with her back in the day. So Nina Maynard, you got Bo who's playing around the corner, Western Sydney for and through. Yeah. You got Filomena Philomina who's from Western Sydney. Um, you Tiana just culturally will get along with that group. Um and just <laughs> You know, she brings a little bit of flair and a little bit of professionalism around the group, And she's, she's a great chick to be around with and be mates with. And um, you've got Kennedy, who's, you know, she's known as a TikTok queen. Um, <laughs> kind of brings a little bit of laughter, a little bit of banter. Um, and she spends more time out Western Sydney than she does out her way. So um, I just call her a Western Sydney chick, Um but, yeah, it's, it's a great marquee that we've got. It really, like, really goes from your backs, a bit of the, your backs, you've got there with your solid middle path. Um, but then again, the, the team is not based around five players and you've still got to make it up with another 19. So um, it's all well and true to have five marquee signings, but if you don't have your other 19 players to, to, to sort of balance that out, um, that five players is not going to win you the game. Yeah,
0: that's one of the best things about rugby league. What about, is is there someone that you've seen that's been signed into the squad that you've not played before that you're particularly excited about playing with?
1: Oh, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to actually think now on who I haven't played with in in that team. Who haven't I played with? I actually think I've played with most of them.
0: Well, you've been in it for so long, and they're in and around Western Sydney. I guess it's hard not to by now.
1: Um, I th- for me, I actually reckon um, Katrina Pippin. Okay. That I haven't played alongside with, no, uh, or Katrina Pippin or Rakea Horn. I haven't played I don't recall no, actually I played Urakea at Mines in Commonwealth Nines. <laughs> so actually I played yeah. I played alongside her. So ooh, who have yeah, I would have to say uh, Katrina Pippen. Um only because I remember round one, Harvey Norman like Mount went with Will. She was hard to handle on the field mm. just because of her speed and uh She's a oh she's a, she's a really sophisticated fullback. They can play multiple positions that I don't think the women's game has seen.
0: Right. She's
1: got uh, she's got, and that's what I like about it. is it's all I know the talent there's I know it's what we're gonna work really hard at is bring all that talent together and put out a good product. Mm. But Katrina Pippen is just a freak. Her. Footwork, her, her ability to change her speed and in, in the one go and still move in multiple directions is is amazing. And I I'd rather play alongside her with speed like that than try and catch her.
0: <laughs> and also, hopefully, uh, Pippin's listening. As she heard you talk all that jargon a moment ago about having to listen to a compliment and take it, so hopefully she's listening to that, not cringing. She's, you know, she's uh, I? <laughs>
1: I've, I've seen a couple of them sessions with her, and she's it's a pretty humble, trick So she, she'll be good.
0: And uh now let's think about anyone who's not in your squad. Is there someone in the in the world that you've seen play that you'd actually love to have in this eel squad this this time?
1: You can't go too, ba- too bad to Battle Valley
0: one of the, she might be the goat, so that's a good shout. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. I was like, you can't go uh, you, you can't go past you, you need that just that half back, you know, they steer the ship around yeah, I wouldn't mind playing alongside Ellie Brigginshaw or Zahara Tamara. Yeah. Um, because
0: the thing about Briggs as well is the confidence that she, she must just bring, just having her there. And it's kind of like what you're saying about Pippin. You don't want to have to burst her. You'd much rather her be on your team because she's just got yeah. the brain. Oh, my God.
1: It's, you just got a different type of confidence when Ellie's on your team just because she's fucking creative, like she'll <laughs> pull something out of the air and you need that for my masterclass half huh? yeah. like, and he, she's just really experienced in knowing the momentum and the shift of momentum of the game and how quick that you should go or how you need to just maybe this it, we just need to grind it out and then kick it to a corner and then jam them there. like her experience and her knowledge and her the confidence she brings to a team is undoubtedly like, you can't ask more more
0: than that. No, you're right. The, the the momentum knowledge, you're right now thinking about it, particularly in Origins. She's just perfect at knowing when to go and when to hold it. You're right. Um, yes. But thinking about then, so that's Brisbane, and, um, you know, and, and the Broncos are, are still probably the benchmark. The expansion that has happened, it's brought the Eels in, it's brought the Titans in. Do you think yep. that we get to a point where the NRLW goes to 16 teams that are the same as the NRLM, or do you think – they they do ones like Mounties or do you think they they stop you know sooner and only stop at maybe eight or twelve teams? where do you, where do you imagine the NRLW? Oh.
1: Uh, ideally, or I would hope to have it similar to the men's in in, in, capa- in that capacity of having the same amount of teams, but in saying that if we can't. If we can't grow the game in that Harvey Norman space or the BHB space, then then we can't have the conversation of having that many teams in the competition. Yeah, right. Because we know we need to continue to grow the game um, for, for, like, for players to develop their skills. You know, we can't just have 16 NRLW teams or 10 NRLW teams and then struggle to fill those positions or fill numbers in there without the quality being there. Um, I I believe that slow and steady wins the race. You know, we started with four, we're slowly evolving to six, uh, and it will eventually grow. Um, But we need to get the grassroots sorted and whether that's, in both, not only in Queensland, New South Wales, but, you know, you got to look at your likes of Canberra, Melbourne, Townsville, um, possibly WA. Like, you've got to look throughout the whole of Australia and see how their talents are going when the investment in the game is happening at that state. Um, because even in New Zealand, too, with the Warriors, and we've seen their like, just to see the growth there and what more the NRL can do to help sort of help upskill the talent or just help in any capacity to make sure that the women's rugby league over there is looked after. Um, because we know that like, yeah, it's all well and true to have all those teams, but if you can't sustain it, it's mm-hmm. not going to last. Mm-hmm. And you see how – the uh, Nisle, uh has run, they've got their top 30, you know, early certain amount plays each week, and they filter free to their to their QRL comp or their Nissan World Rugby League comp and play weekend. So they're still able to play week in, week out. They still have the pressure of Nissan World Rugby League players that's just upcoming young, new challenging them at the at the top, like, as well. So that's really great for the men's game and hopefully the women's game. As young as we are, still are able to learn from that. Mm. Um, and we need to. So, like, I'm really passionate about growing our grassroots because they are the future of NRLW. Mm. Do
0: you think then that it would be a good idea to try and at one stage get the NRLW to overlap with the New South Wales and, and, and the BHP thing? So that, so you do have that two-tier thing where if you're not playing that weekend, you're still playing, you know, in a, yeah. in a reserve grade kind of idea? What? Well,
1: uh, yeah, I, I hope it goes that way. Like, my views on it, like, I hope, hopefully that it, can, um, it can grow that way. But then I don't know the structure of the QRL comp. I yeah, just yeah. know the Nissan World Rugby League yeah. comp, and that's how they structured it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to work for the men's and I can see it also working for the women's game but that's from a worlds World Rugby League sort of had on and knowing yeah. sort of how they structured it in a way with the main I don't know QRL, so I can't really speak about that, but mm. if it was to sort of marry up that way and be similar and QRL is similar like that, then I can see it happening where you're able to both play have NRLW going at the same time as you're having normal competitions at both states. Yeah,
0: that that would be great. Um, you're right, I don't know enough about any that.
1: Yeah, it'll be good because you still be able, like, those local clubs don't suffer in any, like, they probably won't suffer in any way. Yeah. Um, so you can still go in and out. Like, you're still able to play Harvey Norman, still have a team for Harvey Norman. But then you're also able to, your players can still play NRLW and if they don't get picked, well, you know, go get your stuff together. Go work on the stuff <laughs> that you need to work on. Just go play like, go play some footy down at um at that level, and then if you kill it or you're, you're succeeding in that and you're doing what we want you to do, then yep, next week come back up to NROW. Yeah. And no, it makes only, a lot of it's sense. only to bring out the best in the players, it only is to bring out the lot, um, best in the players, but then you also are able to inspire the the, the next lot of girls in that highly normal side to, you know, I'm playing with some Matau or whoever. Yeah. Um, they work really hard. This is where you need to be at to be an NRLW. So it complements. Like, you can aspire. Like, yeah, you don't play NRLW that week. And, you know, we take it on the chin. We need to take feedback. We need to go work on it. But you can't talk about it. So you've got to go back to that, to, you know, ground zero. humble, And just sort of, you know take take the feedback but then also be mindful that you know you got other girls that you're gonna play alongside with that that looks up to you mm. and are aspiring aspiring to and are grateful to play alongside you. So um it's it um it's it's probably like a good way to sort of humble humble us down a bit, but then also give back to the local club and then still continue to inspire young girls. Mm.
0: Yeah, what a great perspective. No wonder you're so great at all of those roles that they give you and leadership roles and things like that. Um, okay, so that's probably the biggest one, and I would love for that to happen as well if we could try and tie that up. Uh, that would be excellent for the. And also, you mentioned before about pathways and things like that. That is such a clear one. If you're doing well here, it moves you here. Mm. If you do well there, it moves you there. Yeah. Is there anything else then over the next five to ten years that you really hope happens for the NRLW, other than an EELS, you know, five premierships in a row or whatever? Um,
1: just... Oh. First, no COVID. <laughs> I mean, okay. COVID's been freaking ruining everyone's lo- like lives. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah, as you can see, we can like the competition has been affected by it. So having a clear competition and mm-hmm. actually getting to a grand final will be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but in five years' time, like probably the ability to to do what we've we've spoken about, hopefully, like the load on the girls. Isn't as much as it is right now where we're playing, we're having to play a full competition and then going into an NRLW mm. um, and backing up for such a major competition. Um, but hoping to to have that sort of part NRLW run alongside Harvey Norman and then that there's an integration between like we don't get picked that week and you still go back down and play your local club. Um, hopefully, in five years' time, that happens. with more growth in the Harvey Norman women's side. Hopefully have more teams, um, even in the BHB comp. Yeah, right. um, and then possibly the introduction of another two, two to three teams in, in five years.
0: Yeah, great. And the NRLW. Yeah, great. Okay. Yeah. Well, Samaba, this has been fantastic. That's all my questions. Have you got any other, have you got any questions or comments before we finish?
1: No, I'm just thankful for the opportunity to jump on the podcast and, um, yeah, grateful.
0: No, thank you, mate. Thanks so much for your time.
1: Thank you.